Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live Podcast. I am your host, Edgar De Jesus, and yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. I need to learn how to whistle so I can do that whistle thing. And today we are in studio with the cannonball king himself, Mr. Spider. I've been practicing. No! Oh, homeboy leveled it up. Love yeah, it. I haven't seen you guys for a while. I thought I'd surprise you. There you go. Today we're talking to Leanne De Jesus, and we're talking about understanding the hiring process. We're going to talk a little bit about the class that she's going to be doing at the Heritage Pool Nation Boot Camp, March 1st and 2nd. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors. Oh, I messed it up, John. You did. I did. Visionary, Visionary partners. partners for this podcast. Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack, Heritage Pool Supply, and our newest member, Hayward Pool Products. Thank you for your support. There we go. I was going to wait and stay quiet and see if Zach jumps on because he's like in La La Land over there. Have you caught him? I he's know. like well, a little La La Land. It's past his bedtime. I'm surprised he's awake right now. <laughs> Do you notice how it's always past my bedtime? It is always past your bedtime. <laughs> and I, I, was... I thought Zach was waiting for Spider to cue the applause. That's what I thought was happening. Sadly, I do have some applause. It's not very good applause, though. Oh, that's pretty good. That's not bad. That's not no, that's bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Janie's in the studio with us. Janie, that's what the rain sounded like the other day. Oh, clanking <laughs> on the roof? Yeah. yeah. I'm just worried. It took you like three years to get this intro finally down, and now we changed it. And it's I gonna, washed it. It's, well, it's, well, no, it's understandable, right? Uh -huh. We're just going to try to figure out how long it's going to take for you to perfect it again. Probably just, another three years. Yeah. Yeah. 27. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, as long as we know baby it's only going to be three baby. years, then baby we're steps. good, right? Yeah. No, we're moving up with goals. It's going to be part of the class a little... <laughs> We're moving to 24-month goal now. <laughs> so anyways, I want to give some shout-outs out here. Jeanette, thank you for jumping on. We're going to have a lot of people that are going to be going online going, what the heck is going on? Why are these guys on at this time of the day? And John and Zach are out here in Texas, and we've got a crazy busy couple days, right? So today we did a photo shoot, which we posted on Instagram. We saw that. We made John get out of his comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I'm already, you call it a photo yeah, shoot. I'm already, a photo shoot already makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Pictures. Right yeah, we took some pictures. <laughs> we needed some well overdue Picture. pictures. Yeah, because yeah. we've been using the same pictures that we took for, <laughs> I don't know, it's been like for over three years. So we said, it's, it's time to update our profile pictures. This was the one I had, and that's what I said. I had the old school one on. But we had an extra shirt. You didn't tell me till after we were done that you had it. So we just botched up that whole photo shoot? We did. 
Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe we didn't catch that. Yeah. I even made a comment. I said, I wish I had my other shirt. It's okay. I'm always the oddball anyways. You sure? 100%. Man, either that or I'm getting old. You didn't catch it, Janie. Like, Janie's normally good at keeping me in check, and she'll call me out. Like, she'll come over to, like, dude, you're doing... He was wearing the OG. Yeah. Oh, man. That's right. I missed a memo. Yeah. Anyways, at least when we got the photo shoot, there was one picture that the girl took, and she caught it, and she's like, oh, we can't use that picture, Edgar. And I'm like, why not? She goes... Because we're missing the L out of the back of your logo. It just says poo. We can't use that <laughs> one. <laughs> that and I'm like, funny. oh, good one, Victoria. That's yeah. a good catch. Because yeah. I go, out of the three of us, I'm the one that always takes the heat. So can you imagine me with a shirt that says poo on it? Yeah. Oh, it's uh, perfect. Oh, I'll never hear, the end, of, I'll never hear, the, hear the end of it. Anyways, Mr. Zacharias, good evening. How you doing? I'm doing much better than I was like an hour ago. I am a little tired. We just ate and ran up here, and I think my food's digesting right now. So, Yeah. I must be a terrible driver because all three of you in the back were sick. And I, I'm trying to think. It was an hour traffic, which normally it's 28 minutes. So I wasn't I don't going know in and out. I think it was like the traffic stopping, and then it would move, and then stopping, all that. Well, was I like going fast and slow? It might have been. It might have been. I'm going to pay attention to it now uh-huh. because I want to make sure it never happens again <laughs> so that I can call it out. But I wasn't paying attention. I was just in la-la land in the back on the phone like I always am. Uh-huh. That contributes to car sickness, by the way. It does. But when I was feeling a little off, I usually put it down and I can recover. But no. But was, you never get car sick I on your never, phone. never, never, ever get car sick. I'm usually really good about it. Only time I get car sick at home is when mama's driving because she drives like a bat out of hell. <laughs> and and then in the TRX. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> but I usually never get car sick. But this time I was like at the point where you get that, you start to salivate and you get that. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. If I would have eaten within an hour or if I was like full, it would have been over. <laughs> and then, of course, and again, this is, I guess, me coming from California. And I don't know, I roll down the window because I want to get some fresh air. And it's just like exhaust from hell. It was Smell, bad. Dude, it, it was really bad. And my eyes were burning from like the exhaust fumes. Yeah. And I'm just like, and you got to roll it up because it's worse. Yeah. And Are it's making me sicker. Saying California has fresh air. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it, I don't remember. Maybe it was everything was heightened because of it's all the smog in California. They make you do all the smog no, out here. You just no, burn it all. No, you know what it is because it was all the traffic. And where we live, there's no traffic. There is zero traffic where we live. And if there's more than like four or five cars in front of you, then we're like, oh my god, where are all these people coming from? I grew up in L.A. and I know what traffic is about. But I don't remember the smell of the smog and all that, but I think that's what it was. It's just because in traffic, you roll the window down and you're smelling all that and then you're not feeling well and it's all bad. I wasn't being a big baby today. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Matt is saying over here that you are being a big baby. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Matt, you're getting old, Johnny boy. I <laughs> am, the story. Yeah. So, hey, big shout out to our boy, Corey Holland. Corey, 14-hour podcast coming. Hey. At least that's shorter than his little late thing. Am I that's ranting feeling. right now? Is that what everybody's saying? <laughs> He's making fun of us because we always go on forever on yeah. the podcast. It's a 14 hour, but 
Did you see that he created a little pond in front of his house, and so he put the hose in, and it's like, oh, it's going to take six oh, days. Oh, is that the fourteen-year pond <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he's been building for fourteen years? <laughs> is that the same one, That's the one that, yeah. that we learned about ten years ago, or something like that? That it was going to be done. Oh, okay, Corey. You know what? We'll finish our podcast when you finish your pond, there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Jared, what's up? Big shout out to you out there. So we are on late. So Zach and John came out here to Texas. We got a lot of podcasts. You guys are going to get sick of us by Monday because we're going to have four podcasts over the weekend just trying to get through some things mr todd pieri shout out to you out there todd's pool service what's going on mr matt man and Corey's. anyways big shout out to everybody out there i'm gonna throw it to leanne john because we've been talking for god knows you think, what, right like how rude minutes, of us and we're just so leanne how are you i'm used to it right. i'm good <laughs> Wow, <laughs> just right off the bat, right? Listen, I'm not a guest here, okay? Uh, I'm with you guys all the time. That's true, your so family. I'm yeah, I'm good. Wow. So that's it? That's all you have is you're just doing good? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. I'm glad to see John and Janie back in town. It's been a really long time. So we got to the point where you guys were here quite a bit, and it felt like you lived here, and then all of a sudden you didn't. So yeah. somehow I feel like you broke up with us and you laughed down <laughs> and, and we didn't get the Dear John letter. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to have them back in town. They, they didn't even send a breakup text. They no. just After the awards, they were just gone and that's ghosted it. you. That yeah, was they the other thing. Me, right? I was saying on the way up here, I'm like, man, I saw you guys at the awards and we still didn't have time to talk because there was so much going on. It's literally been eight weeks and we're acting like it's two years. It feels right? like it years does ago. Like two, like, it, it does though. Like eight weeks is two years. Yeah. Janie and I were doing the same thing. We're going, oh my God, it's been such forever since we've been out there. So I get it. We feel the same exact way and we're glad to be home. Yeah. It's nice to have you guys back now. I'm sure they got excited to get in the back of my truck and make them car sick oh, all the way over never. here. I, don't think, I told you I'm going to ride in the back of the pickup. So our gift to you is that it's not freezing here anymore. We were literally in the freezing temperatures. So yeah. that's our only gift we can give you at this point. Yeah. Hey, Pete the Pool Boy is on. Pete the Pool Guy. I'm, I got a tongue boy. twister today because it's, it's 7 o'clock at night. And, it is. And you didn't buy me coffee. I said, and you haven't had a cappuccino in a while. I know. It's yeah. been since what? Like 3.30? So yeah. that's not good. So he knows exactly to the minute when yeah. he had his last cappuccino. <laughs> it was actually that's kind of scary. It, it was three thirty-two, but I yeah. just I didn't yeah. want to bring that up. So, anyways, big shout out to everybody that's jumping on, finding us live today, throwing everybody for a loop. Let's get through a couple things here. We are going to start talking to Leanne, but let's get through a couple things. One of the things that we are going to be doing March first and second at Heritage Pool Supply in McKinney, Texas, is our Pool Nation Boot Camp. We are going to bring a business element to the boot camp, and that's one of the things that has us really excited. We're going to talk to Leanne about it. She's going to talk about the hiring process. And so the first class that we're going to have is Eugene, and we decided to change it yesterday, right? Or was it Wednesday? We were going to call it chlorine and cash flow that we decided, or chloramines and cash flow. Do you remember? It's the first time I've never heard of that. Because you weren't on that. You were flying out to Texas, uh. so you didn't. I wasn't privileged. We were joking around because I said, oh, maybe we should call it chlorine and cash flow and then lessons and insights in pool service entrepreneurship. Liquid chlorine and cash flow. And then I asked Zach and Zach is on the live like this. Huh? <laughs> I'm used to you being there. Yeah. And one of two things is going to go on. He's, you're going to go, that's the dumbest crap I've ever heard. Or, hey, that's a good one. And he's just sitting there going. Is that when you were texting me and saying, John, where in the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can you please come on the live now? 
So, so what is it, John? Bit. I like chlorine and cash flow. I think that's pretty chlorine cool. Chlorine and cash flow. Okay, so that's what yeah. we're going to compare. Chloramines, we don't want chloramines. Right. We're not going to talk about chloramines. Yeah. Chloramines are bad. Yeah, so chlorine, chlorine and cash flow. flow. There you go. So we're going to have Eugene teach that class. We were talking to that's him pretty, today. I like that. You like who, that? Who, who thought of that? Seriously. Really? He can be quite clever when he wants to be. That's pretty badass. Because I was trying to think of, because it's always about what's Dude, catchy. I can, we can make a song out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be our theme song, Chlorine and Cash Flow. <laughs> you can get Zach to do his little rap on it like he did for oh. you. So, Zach, start working on that. We might need to revisit that video and repost it. We have it. Yeah. We have it. You know what? Let's repost it on I our I still Instagram can't page. believe that you did that video. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You were really feeling it. Yeah. 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 He was really and in he, deep. He did yeah. great. Yeah. Right. He killed it. Mr. Matt Madison, how about an HR class at the Western? We'll have to line that one up for next year for Mr. Maddie, Matt. But you need to Maddie, fly out yeah. to Texas, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens to be my favorite topic, so I'm game. Mr. Matt Man, I'll tell you what, Matt. We will give you free registration to the Absolutely. To the free ticket. Yep. Free ticket. Come out. Take all the classes that you want. Hang out with us. Take us out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It's no longer free. (laughs) To the restaurant of Spider's Choosing, because he hasn't sent us in the wrong direction when it comes to food. So anyway, so Maddie, get out here. It's going to be the 1st and 2nd of March. And then Ken, Mr. Ken Morris, what's going on, buddy? Big shout out to you out there. Maddie, let us know if you need a letter, and we can send a letter to get you permission to come out there, too. (laughs) Yes, of course. From Mark. We'll get a job like a doctor's note. That's what I was referring to. Maddie, you should see Johnny. He's over here making fun of me. Anyways, the other class that we're going to do, and Leanne's going to talk about that, is understanding the hiring process, a 101 class, which I think is going to be a great class. The next thing that we're going to be doing is building your future goal setting fundamentals. We talked about that today, setting up that class. So excited about that. And then the last class is going to be influence and persuasion. And uh, we're actually going to have Doreen on the podcast on Monday to talk about that. That's going to be a four-hour class. And trust me, everybody that's listening, it's going to be an epic class. It's a class that you're going to change. And not only is it going to change what you do in business, but it's going to change everything that you do in life, too. It's one of those that applies across the board to everything. So super excited about having her. Yeah, I've worked with her in different capacities for, I don't even know probably about 20 years now maybe since you were like four (laughs) i love you john (laughs) yes so she is truly a master in her craft we talk about so many people with different skill sets she is just truly a master at what she does so anybody that sits in sessions with her continues to just marvel at her ability to facilitate and change behaviors and really land that adult learning. So I'm excited about it. I think she's going to love the whole podcast experience as well as facilitating in a different industry. So I think that's going to be fantastic. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And it's one of those classes that, again, we're bringing these classes to the pool pros. There's a lot of big companies that has a lot of people that would really benefit from this class. This is not just for the pool pros. It's at all levels. Before we get started, I want to come back here, give a shout out to Kristen Mello, and she's saying that 21 Pilots had a song called Sippin' on Straight Chlorine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's saying, go for it, Flawless. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm a terrible singer. Oh, I'm not going to torture anybody. No. And then Mr. Matt Man is being a good sport. He's like, that would be great. I'll give you the correct spelling of my wife's name. Maddie, I meant from your job. I didn't mean from the wifey. You know what I'm saying? And then Ken is actually correcting me. It's not Ken. It's Dylan Moore. So Dylan, big shout out to you out there. So let's get this party started. Actually, I need to go back. So I got a couple more, right? I'm all over the place today. So March 1st, 2nd, we're going to do that boot camp. March 26th and 27th, we're going to be out at the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach. We're going to have some hands-on training out there. You could check that out for registration. You can go to poolnation.com. And then you're going to see two big boxes down there. One of them that says Heritage Boot Camp. The other one's going to say Western Boot Camp. You can get all the details there. You can register there. Registration is now open for both. And then the next one that we're working on, May 17th, out in Oxnard at Raypack, we're doing our very first 201 Series Boot Camp. And that one's going to be thrilling. We can only do 40 people on that one. I already have a list of 20 people that have messaged me for that one. Oh, for sure. It's so, going to fill up instantly. So we're going to have to yeah. figure that one out. But... Two from me. Wait, 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 and I have two more it. from you? Yeah. So now we're talking about 22. I'll be there too. Yeah. But you'll be there. If I'm talking about yeah. people that are actually going to take the class. Well, I'm going to take it too. <laughs> I like playing around with all that stuff. That's going to be an epic class because it's at 201 and they have their facility, everybody, where you can go in and they can trigger. So these heaters are working in the environment that they have them there and they could literally trigger whatever error they want. And then you have to go through and you have to figure out how to fix the error that you're getting. It's going to be very cool. Their facilities are very nice. So we're looking forward to that out there. And then November 9th, 10th, and 11th, we will be out in Dallas at the PSP Expo with our big three-day boot camp. Gentlemen, ladies. That's a big calendar you guys got going on. Those and he missed crazy. a couple too because we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we've got a couple a other things that we got, but we could talk about those some, a little bit later. So. I'm sure he'll fill in some of those gaps too. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No more events. So let's keep it. By the way, I'm going to take this opportunity because he was so busy wrapped up as you guys were getting ready for the awards. And he kept saying, after the awards, I'll have time. After the awards, I'll be able to go run around and do stuff with you. After the awards, seriously, once I get this behind me, that doesn't happen because now we're gearing up for the next boot camps and the next this and the next that. So hasn't happened. We were with a friend last week and he's like, what you been up to since your knee? I haven't done anything since my knee surgery. I'm like, actually you have. Here's what you've been <laughs> yeah, doing. Right. And he's like, oh yeah, okay. He doesn't even know all the stuff that he's doing. So you're right, Zach. He'll fill in more. The awards were in November. I came home, Thanksgiving. I had knee surgery on the 5th. I was down for about three weeks, right? Three, four sort weeks. Of. <laughs> so that put me all the way to January. So what have I done since Look, January? Look, can I tell you a little secret? Yeah. When you told me you were getting knee surgery, I was like, oh, thank God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, thank God. So in my house, that's not what people were feeling. Even the kids were like, oh God, if dad acts like he does when he has a stomach flu, what's oh, going to happen? Well, I love you, Ann. We need to have you here every podcast. So, so they were, the kids were coming to me going, mom, what are we going to do? And I'm like, let's just see how this plays out. And then once he had his surgery, he did. He handled it like a champ. But again, my kids are not filtered children, especially Sienna. She comes in, she's like, so dad, wow, I just thought you were going to be the biggest baby and we were going to have to cater to you. What? How, who are you? How are you? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm sitting there going, shh, Sienna, shh. 
Don't trigger him. So he did really well. In fact, he's probably pushed himself a little more than he's supposed to, but he did not need catering. He didn't need all the things that the kids were expecting. I didn't even take pain medicine. He didn't. Not even one pill of my pain medicine did I have to take. Did you have stitches? No, I did not have stitches. But I do have to say, I'm sitting there going, why am I taking such a bad rap from my peeps? You don't want me to go into that, do you? So... (laughs) I'm going to stay quiet on this one because the <laughs> last thing I want is mama to get involved in this and her to talk about <laughs> when I'm sick or what's up wrong with me. Because we can't call her over here. Yeah, yeah uh, we're so not going to do that. Katie, come over here. Why don't you yell from over there? Let me turn the yeah, mic over yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. By the way, his bandage was like from mid-thigh all the way down to almost like his ankle. So when we got to the point where we were allowed to take it off, we're unwrapping it slowly and we're ready for the big reveal. And we're like... Wah, wah. It was like, it was, <laughs> like this little. Right? Was no, That's what I'm saying. It, yeah, it didn't no even stitches. look like he fell down and scraped yeah, his knee. I know. Like, yeah, it just yeah. was That's like what nothing. I was saying. No and, pain medicine. You didn't have stitches, bro. We were both like, <laughs> the bandage was like these crosses, it and it was full of blood and all that. And you take it off, and you're like, oh, that's it. There's that's nothing. it. But. Nowadays with technology, it's like the incisions are literally tiny. One side they scope with the camera, the other one with the tool to clean it all out. And so, I'm gonna reveal another secret. I think in some way you guys should be thanking me because he wasn't being that way with you guys. Every night he was calling me <laughs> complaining about these damn Thank leg you, massagers. Thank you, Don. I remember he was telling me, so I get these leg massagers and there's just the circulation. Oh, yeah. so, John, thing. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. You to lay this. there with these battery-operated right. like, things massaging yeah, exactly. his legs. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, that sounds like thing. heaven, bro. It was like eight hours a day, and after the first 20 minutes, they're freaking annoying. <laughs> and then, of course, I don't remember where I was going, and Jaden's all, you're not going outside with those, are you? You're like, you're not going outside with those, are you? I'm like, no, I'll take them off. He was all freaked out. So yeah, that's, I think what happened. It was like, I'm I'm going to take a shower. It's so terrible. Anyways. So we all survived. Anyways. You guys are giving me crap. And you know what? I went, I had surgery. I came home. I didn't complain. I didn't do anything. And And we're still giving you crap. And and I'm still getting crap from you guys. But this is the story of my life, because I don't know if you guys noticed the Instagram lives. People make fun of me, my my life. I'm the one that people bash on and make sure get up, you know? We know know you can take it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Even Spider's chiming in. Yeah. I think that was Spider's way of going, you're tough, Edgar, you got this. I appreciate that, Spider. It's a little engine that could, right? I appreciate that. So, (laughs) Anyways, Mr. Matt Mann says that would be great. Oh, he said that. But then he was saying, what airport will he fly into? Nice. So, Mr. Matt Mann, you can fly into Love Field, which is a little bit smaller, similar to Orange County Airport, right? A little bit smaller like that. More Southwest Airlines. It's Southwest Airlines. And then you have DFW. They're both parallel. And so if you guys are coming out, we recommend that you stay in Frisco, Texas. And Frisco is only about 18 minutes from the airport down into Frisco. You can pick any hotel that you want in Frisco. Frisco is a safe area. And they have every kind of hotel, right? They've got from budget hotels to the Omni at $400 a night. So you have this great range. And then from there to the headquarters for Heritage is only probably like 10, 12 minutes maybe yeah, at the most. Yeah. It's pretty close. If we really want to speak to Maddie, we're going to let him know that there's some really nice golf courses out here as well. Well, okay. Let me tell you yeah. what he said. If I come out, I have to play golf See? with John and, and Mama. <laughs> Done. We'll so, make it happen. Isn't the PJ Edgar too. Isn't the new PJ West headquarters? Yeah, it's PGA? just down the street from our house. Yeah. You pass it. It's on the 380 mm-hmm. going to, yeah, it's right there. 
So what airport have I be flying into? Let's see here. And then Janie, Love Field or DFW if I go to Texas. Oh, Zach and Edgar have to golf with John, Mama, and myself. You know what? You're on. Let's do it. Let's do it. If he comes out, we'll golf. You're on. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll win. Do you know how many years it's been since Edgar's golfed? (laughs) Ah, You'll win. Oh, it'll be fun. I'll drive the golf cart. It's so much fun. It'll be fun. It is a lot of fun. Oh, my my knee hurts. (laughs) 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 That almost seemed like we cued that whole thing up just for that joke right there, right? (laughs) Anyway, so JD told them deal. And then Ken, first time listening, just tagging a few more guys and gals in the business. Any industry updates on pricing trends, bleach, acid, CYA, supply chain issues? Thanks in advance. Hope to be at the Western show this year. Absolutely. You know what? Ken, we just did, was it our last podcast that we did, which was last week. So you could check out Pool Nation podcast. We did a complete deep dive into the current state of the industry for 2024. And we talked about all that. We talked about the economy. We talked about how the industry is doing. We talked about pricing. We talked about all that. So definitely check that out. We do our Instagram lives every Wednesday at 8 central. If you are in California, that's 6 a.m. Pacific time, p.m. And we normally do our podcast at about 10.30. Well, that's 8.30 your time, John, Pacific. So around 8.30, we're always live. We always stream live. This weekend's a little bit of an exception. We've got a couple podcasts that we got to get out. So we're going to have four here. So you'll probably get sick of us pretty quick by the time that we get (laughs) to the fourth one, right? Careful what you ask for. (laughs) But anyways, looking forward to meeting you out at the Western. So we will be doing the boot camp. And after that, we are going to be doing 13 classes, John. 13 classes. 13 classes this year at the Western. And then we'll have a booth as well. Yes, we will. If we're going to be there. We always have a booth, but we're never really there. But I think this year we're going to make it a point to be there. At the Western, we're always at the BIS. It's It's international. international. We always have a hard time. Anyways, Long Beach has a nonstop. Staying at your house. Edgar, you got this (laughs) ball rolling. Edgar, you know what? I have an extra room. He's not kidding. When he says something, he does it. So we have an extra room. By then, we'll have an extra room, right? By then, everybody cross your fingers. Yes, by then. (laughs) Oldest son is getting ready to move out. Here's the problem with that. So I was struggling with that a little bit yesterday, and I'll tell you why. We have Dylan, which went to college, and then in COVID, he'd moved back home. And he very quickly realized, crap, I'm not moving out, right? Like, I'm not moving (laughs) back out. And so now he's going to move out again. But here's the challenge. We've got Dylan at home, which we know that he's always there, even though he's in and out all the time and all that kind of stuff. Brianne is out to college. So Brianne is pretty much gone. She just comes down for vacations for Christmas and stuff. And then Sienna is going to go to college in about six months. In the months. fall, yeah. So in six months, we're going to be going from having pretty much four, four three, and then we're going to go down to one. Down one. So to and be let's honest, talk about that one that we're going to be down to. <laughs> <laughs> it actually hit me. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to have that empty nester yeah. syndrome. Yeah. It actually hit me. I was like a little bit depressed, yeah. you know, because we're used to a lot of commotion and constant coming and going and all that. So me and Maddie will come stay with you guys. There you, there go. you go. So we'll, we'll have space. Can you act out a little bit just to you know, <laughs> make sure that we don't feel so left out? Okay, good. So anyway. You want to bring laundry? I do laundry. I did bring <laughs> laundry. <laughs> to do all that stuff uh, I'm used to. By the way, all jokes aside, Zach called because Zach had the problem with the electrical 
And he's like, brand new washer and dryers that got put in last week are fried. They're <gasps> not working. Oh, the dryer. No. The dryer. But that's another issue. Oh, no. And so he's like, I have some of my clothes that I need to wash for shirts for the pool nation stuff. Bring Can I bring laundry. them? I'm like, bring yes, it up. Bring and it, it felt like you're having your kid from college oh, come up. He's like, I need a room, John, right? And I need and here, by the way, <laughs> here's, here's the laundry. laundry. <laughs> now, if you really want to act like one of my kids, can you put a list together of things that you want me to get at the grocery store so yes. I can cook for you? Okay, yes. great. Yep. That's how it works. So, Mr. Matt Mann, Corey is making a little bit of fun of us and going, has the podcast started yet? <laughs> I was going to say something right now. I'm like, oh, is this sure? I was going to ask, is this normal for you? <laughs> yeah. So, and there, there's so many people on here. Mr. Matt, I'm kidding, Edgar. Not about the golf, though. Yeah. So, golf. So, are you not coming? Is that what he's saying? No, he is coming. He's he is, kidding about staying he, at the house. Oh, okay. But yeah, you do yeah. have to golf. Let's okay. do it. Anyways, Pool Envy Jason is on here replying to Matt Mann, love the field if you fly southwest otherwise dfw all right so i think it's time to start this podcast right because we're how long into this john should we take a break (laughs) we're 27 minutes let's do this let's have leanne talk really quick about the class do a little bit of an overview of the class so that everybody knows what it is that we're going to be talking about we'll take a break and then when we come back we'll jump into all the questions so leanne can you tell us a little bit about without spilling all the tea right because we obviously want people to come to take the class can you tell us about the class that you're going to be teaching at the boot camp? Yes. So there's so much has happened in the world of just having a business or working at a business in the last few years. With that changes, how you're recruiting and hiring processes and what works and what doesn't. And we learned about the great resignation and we got through that. Thank goodness. I think everybody came out of that. I don't want to say unscathed, but we're pretty scathed. And just talking through what you look for and how you do your business when it comes to getting the right people, focusing on what your business needs are and how you meet those business needs in your hiring process, how you can get people that are going to complement your vision and your outstanding goals that you have for your company, really what to watch out for, what not to do as well. There's a lot of watch outs and what not to do. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a pool company that's just hiring your first few pool guys out there, or if you are a big company and you're hiring pool people and or leaders, managers, whatever it is, it's all going to be very applicable. So it should apply to just about everybody. Were you going to say something? I'm hoping to see a lot of familiar faces there because it seems like this is one of the number one conversations that I'm having these days is people trying to figure out, oh, I'm trying to get someone on and I can't find good people. I mean, almost everyone I talk to, that's one of the biggest struggles that they're having. And this is going to be a perfect opportunity to get some more education on this. And this is one of those things, both of you have dealt with me through all of this. (laughs) And it's actually starting to become something I'm getting fairly comfortable with. So I would like to see a lot of familiar faces there. And I think when you're building a business, you're scaling, right? You don't have a lot of experience in doing that because you maybe have never done it, but there's a skill to it and you have to learn properly and you have to learn for the things to look out for. And I think once people go through that education piece, they're going to have a lot of aha moments. They're going to have a lot of, oh, I didn't even know that I needed to look into this or look into that or how to probe and how to look for a certain position and look for the skill set that person needs to have, right? And I think we deal with it all the time and we've been talking to some people lately with a little bit of struggle with turnover and some challenges and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things where you need to take a step back and go, okay, 
Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's start with that hiring process. Let's start with that recruiting process. Let's make sure that we have the right people in place to try to reduce the turnover that we're having. And then you can move on to building the culture and building, because John, having the right people in the right spots is crucial to any business. Look, I think you guys are, the bottom line is hiring people or this portion of your job is arguably the most important part of running your business. If you're going to scale or bring on one employee, two employees, whatever it may be, you're only as good as the people that work for you, period. And hiring and acquiring the right talent can make or break a company. And if you hire the wrong person, they can single-handedly destroy everything that you've built or made it very difficult for you. So understanding the nuances and the ins and outs, the legalities between it, how to ask the right questions, what to look out for, not only applies to if you're hiring an employee, but you can even take it further. If you haven't reached that part of your journey yet, it applies to the interviewing skills that you do every single day as a business owner when you're interviewing clients. You know, it's the same thing. So even if you're not at that point in your journey, one day you probably will be. Currently, you are interviewing people. And to have these to arm yourselves with this skill set helps better prepare you because the last thing you want to do is bring on bad clients as well because they can be the bane of your existence or they can really drive you crazy and we all know and we've all experienced bad customers before and when we go into the backyard we talk about all the time i'm there interviewing the customer and making sure we're a right fit and that's more important to me than some of the other things and leanne is a master at this and that's no bs she understands this she knows this she does this for a living and and you guys have a lot to learn from her if you can take the time to fly out here out to texas trust me it'll be worth it this among the other classes will be a powerhouse full of courses that is a lot different than what we're used to in the pole industry it's important to learn about the technical aspects of it chemistry and stuff like that and that's very important but When it comes down to people and understanding people and that portion of the business, that's always been like the scary part that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And getting any good information when it comes down to that aspect of it is just pure gold, in my opinion. And you'll be silly not to attend it. I'm going to be sitting in every single class. I'm excited to do it. And I've lived this. My whole career, my past life was all about hiring, firing, influencing, selling, that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff that makes me tick. And I'm looking forward to it. So, Maddie, I'm telling you, brother. Book that ticket, my friend. You will not be disappointed. These courses, and again, we wish we can do them everywhere, but that's the beautiful thing about our boot camps, right? And what we do, you're always going to have something a little different at every single one of them because it's not going to just be that cookie-cutter approach of this is what we teach every single time and we're going to recycle the same information over and over again. We're trying to find some new content for each and every one of you that you can benefit from that you haven't had the experience or the exposure to in the past. And we're excited because when we started this vision, it was really this full circle, right? And this full circle needed to have every element of what we wanted to do. And so we started with some classes and then we did the first boot camp, which had some hands-on with industry classes. And we had that business element that we were missing that we wanted to be able to complete that circle. And this is going to be the first boot camp where you have all three aspects. You're going to have business, you're going to have hands-on, and you're going to have industry classes. And the way that we're building the boot camps is to give you those foundations to be able to build your business so that you can scale it. And the people that are going to be teaching these classes are complete experts in their field. And trust me when I tell you, and, and I've been in a lot of the stuff that Leanne teaches, 
that I've learned from her, even back from our hotel days, but her, Doreen, very skilled at what it is that they do, but they teach in a way that you're going to take it and you're going to put it in a play the next day. And that's what we look for every time. And then to have Eugene come in and, and talk about all those different foundations that you need to have and exactly the ones that he was talking about today, right? The people, <laughs> he was yeah. talking about the finances, he was talking about being able to get your team on board. I think it's going to be a great compliment. So I'm going to start going to my customers and I'm going to start. Can you tell me about a specific time? <laughs> no, seriously. Where Behavioral based you, interviewing. You, there was a leaf after your previous pool guy left. There was a leaf on the bottom of the pool. How did you handle I'm that situation? <laughs> no, it's so, true. So clearly I've spent time with you, Zach. I'm just, that's very. That's good. That's good. When I talk to customers, I tell them, I go, so let me know why we're here and let them open up to me and talk to me. And I go, then what didn't you like? What did you like from about your other pool service? And just let me know so I can understand this. And if they start saying some things that are a little wacko to me, then I automatically know then, hey, but you let them tell you. Just yeah, like in an interview, just your applicant like, should be yeah. doing most of the talking. You're not doing anything wrong. There's certain questions you can ask, but they can divulge and say anything they want. You can't, oh, you can't tell me that. If you chose to tell me that you don't have a car or that you hate waking up early in the morning or whatever, then that's your choice. You can make that decision and tell me that. But there's some things that we can't ask or we can't do because. Or even in the customer's case, oh, well, he got mad because I didn't pay him for three months yeah. and you'll yeah. have people that have, will share <laughs> stuff like that exactly. with you or i have 40 children from 15 different mothers and i have to go here and there or whatever you know what i mean and i can't and then okay give me that information and let me know or i've had 15 duis in the past and, <laughs> for real stop yeah. talking no more yeah. don't answer yeah. any more questions okay. we'll cover it too but it is one of your biggest investments your people oh I'm and sorry. they do have the biggest like what you talked about they do have the biggest impact on your customer and your brand and I know that branding is so key for every company, right? And if your brand is that you've hired people that don't care about their service and they show up late, that's ingraining on your brand. And so they are definitely brand ambassadors for you. And you have to go into the hiring process with that in mind. Is this somebody that can share the vision? Is it somebody that can execute on the vision? Because they are your brand. Hey, guys, let me get through some notes here and then we will take our break. So coming back, Mr. Matt is saying absolutely, especially in California from where we're talking about that. The other Matt from Ohio. Hey guys, how's it going? Big shout out to you out there. Our boy Kevin is on there. Very insightful. Shout out to you. And then Matt's going to have so many funny customer complaint stories. It would take days to tell you guys. So anyways, Matt, we do need to connect. We need to chat. So everybody listening, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue and do a deep dive into the hiring process. We'll be right back. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. 
Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. You guys thought I was going to say Instagram. I saw Zach looking at me like, you're going to botch that. I was actually thinking, when in one of these years am I going to step up and just do something like the welcome back? Ooh, hey, sounds like a challenge. Oh, I can't now. It is a challenge. I can't now. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, John, don't talk. Go, Zach. <laughs> Welcome back. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like on the thing, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so, welcome back, everybody. We are live tonight. I know it sounds a little bit weird. It's a Thursday night. It's what eight o'clock our time, so nine o'clock in the East Coast, and you guys are what two hours. So it's almost like our Instagram 
Yeah, I'm good. So I can, I'm ready I, to rock and roll. I can trip everybody on the podcast. Welcome back to the Instagram Live. Kind of throw them off there thinking it's a Wednesday. I'm a little tired, though, only because I ate. No. I thought you were going to say it was because of the drive. <laughs> car sick. <laughs> Your car sick. That's a component of it. Yeah. Anyways, so welcome back, everybody. Yeah, so Leanne, to get the party started, because or else we're going to be here. I think we only booked the studio for a couple hours, right? <laughs> so we're running short on time. We here. are. So we need yeah. to kind of get right to it. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your background and your experience in recruitment? Yeah, I hate the fact that I can say that I've been doing it for as long as I have, because it really shows my age, but it's been 30 plus, we'll just say 30 plus years. And I started in the hotel industry, because I spent a lot of time in the hotel industry. And it started with recruiting Every job there is in a hotel from housekeeping and bartenders all the way up to executive level roles that had to happen. And we watched things go from feast or famine where you had people lined up around the building wanting to come in for jobs and then times when you couldn't drag people in. So you had to pivot and be ready for the changes in the industry and the things that were needed. And I stayed in the hotel industry for many years until I went to Disney and then when I went into retail. There's been an element of recruiting throughout my entire career for 35 plus whatever years it's been. It's been interesting because things have changed, clearly. Obviously, it's a long period of time, so things change over time and technology came in into play. I remember back when we had printers that had like little dot printing and computers were, I hate saying it, they just weren't that relevant everywhere. And now everybody's got everything they need in their pocket on a smartphone. The recruiting aspects and hiring have changed significantly in that time frame. So that's a little bit of my background. So I want to actually touch on that a little bit. And you mentioned like the things that have gone on the last few years, the great resignation. I'm curious what your thoughts are on how the hiring process has evolved over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think you'll remember me telling you this great resignation will stop. <laughs> I think Zach was ready to think, oh my God, this is going to be happening for the rest of our lives because he was feeling it every day. And everybody was feeling it every day. And some of the things I was even telling my kids that had jobs, I, I was telling them, don't fall into that because employers do care about longevity. They do care about tenure. And while everybody seemed to be jumping ship at that time, there was a a lot of people that didn't do it. And a lot of those people are sitting back now going, oh, thank God I didn't do that, right? Because people were jumping ship for more money and they were jumping everywhere. And that was a temporary thing for them. And now they've got a lot of bouncing around on their resume that they have to explain. And it just doesn't look good, right? So we look for different things like that. I do look for tenure because as special as everybody is at this table, none of us are so special that if you've got a job hopper, that you're going to stop them from hopping from you. So if you're hiring a job hopper, you're going to also lose that same job hopper to somebody else. I tell everybody that's a behavior that you're just probably not going to change. And it's disruptive to your workplace to have somebody come in, you spend the money and time to train them and they get to know the team. They're working with the customer. That's even worse. The customer gets to know them. The customer might actually like them. And then all of a sudden they're gone. So it's disruptive to the business. And so as we watch the great resignation happen and pace wages went up, right? And so I told you also, Zach, they'll level off. They won't go back to their pre-pandemic dollars, but they would stop and level off. And that's definitely happened as well. Again, what goes up must come back down. Even in our company, in our exempt leadership, we've had 130% improvement in retention 
And in our hourly employees, we've had, I don't know, it was like 60 or 70% improvement in retention. Even our productivity shot up, not because we're doing anything different, but because people are proficient in their job because they've stuck around. So hiring and keeping the right people, it speaks to the bottom line of your business in so many ways. So getting through that great resignation and really surviving through that really mattered. And it really, you had to endure it. You had to keep your eye on the prize. You couldn't change the way you were doing your business just because the environment around you necessarily was changing because we knew that was going to be temporary. So you don't want to change your long-term benefit, your business strategies for a temporary thing and really hold strong in that. And that's really what happened. And what's happened since then has been good people have really landed where they want to be. Most people are now where they want to be. They didn't switch because of money and things like that. They're where they want to be. And you have to continue to do what you do, engage them, make sure that you're doing the things to keep them wanting to be part of that same team. I have 15,000 questions out of all of that. <laughs> but I do got to say, now that you're touching back on that, it's where's this crystal ball that you were using through all of that? <laughs> well, the things that were happening were not sustainable. That in itself was already telling you it was going to change. It would normalize. It's just like the housing market goes crazy. You know it's going to normalize. And remember going to the grocery store when the prices were going up and we're paying like, what was it, $6 for eggs or whatever it was. It's starting to normalize. Now, it never goes back down as fast as it went up, but it does. It goes back down. Remember when gas in California was getting like eight bucks or whatever it was? It'll come back down better in Texas than California for sure. But that's where my crystal ball is. It, well, you, it really comes down to experience, right? And being through it. It's like, I've seen it a I've, lot, exactly. Yeah. And it's for a lot of the people, and especially the people that we speak to, this is their first time, especially yes. being an entrepreneur, being in the business and hiring people. Good point. Yeah. They haven't experienced this before. So to them, this is the norm. See, it does scary. look crazy. But those who, who have some wisdom and have some experience, and I've talked to people in the past and I tell them, I go, this too shall pass, Right. Trust me, I've seen it. We've been there. We've done it. It might be a different year and a little twist here and there, but it's like history repeats itself, right? And we go and the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. I talk about that all the time. And those are the types of things. It's real scary to somebody who hasn't experienced it before. And it seems like it's the end of the world. And oh my God, how am I going to be able to make this happen? And at times you have to do some micro adjustments and react to some things that you couldn't foresee because you've never experienced them before. But again, it's always nice to have somebody you can talk to or somebody who's experienced it before. And that's why we encourage this networking, reaching out, because you're not the only one out there that's going through these struggles, you know, and that's the environment we're trying to create. And to let you guys know, hey, this too shall pass when it gets crazy. And these are the things that we went through. It might not be the exact moment. Like I said, a little different intricacies and little different twists or whatever. But at the end of the day, the playbook's the same because we're dealing with people. Right. And the economy and the kind of way where unless there's something huge and drastic that happens, then again, this too shall pass. And like what you've been able to teach with your calm mind and your experience, you're able to lay down that foundation because it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we're in 1990 or if we're in 2024, the person at the other end of the table right there is a human being. And it's a person that you're talking to and things don't really change much. And if you get armed with these tools and you understand how it works, you can play the game really well, too. And then you can hire some good people. And then what you were talking about as far as the turnover, I know in my past life, man, that was like the biggest 
as a general manager was turnover was huge and we attached dollar amounts to it, man. People don't understand how expensive it is for a company to bring on an employee and to go through the training. And there's some things that how do you even attach a dollar amount to when you do get somebody who's a job hopper and you have to worry about them leaving or not showing up or being not only disruptive, but being destructive. And then now you have to spend time and money rebuilding what they destroyed because they left or rebuilding morale because of the effect they had on your other employees or with customers. And it just goes on and on. And if you were to put dollar amounts on it, it would just blow your mind away how much it costs to bring. Well, and there are dollar amounts. There are. (laughs) There are. There are. And there's been a lot of different models that have been built to say, how much does this really cost? And we talked about it once before. It's the bare bones minimum of a hourly associate is going to cost you roughly around $6,000 just turning them over. And when you're doing that every week, every month, whatever that is, boy, that really adds up. Oh, it does. And by the way, if it makes anybody feel better out there that is new to hiring employees or new to business, during this craziest time that we had the last couple of years with the Great Resignation, big companies were making the same mistakes that small companies or new companies were making, right? This type of environment was very new to people because nobody had seen resignations like that. Nobody had seen the workforce not want to work. That was just really foreign. So there were some new things that happened and even big companies didn't know what to do. So what's the first thing you think big companies did to try to figure out how to solve that problem of people coming? Throw money at people. Oh my gosh. Sign up bonus. Flying. Oh yeah. Money was flying. You threw money at everything. You threw money at retention bonuses and spot bonuses, hiring bonuses, wages, peak wages, just you name it, you threw money at it, right? And how effective do you think that was? It was a temporary. It was so temporary and it was just not effective. There's so many other things that work to really increase that retention and engagement of associates, right? And I've said this to so many big leaders and companies, there isn't one secret sauce. And it definitely wasn't money, but that's the first easiest thing people could think of. It's not easy when you're running out of it, but it was one of the first things. There's not one lever. There's so many different levers and you really have to identify all of them and keep all of them in play. You've got to manage to pull all these levers all at one time. Yes, just like that. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, what are the most important skills a business owner, a recruiter needs to have in today's market? As a business owner, a recruiter, like skill set right, to, to hire. To hire. Mm-hmm. There is a skill set, but a lot of it has to do with really knowing what you're looking for and why you're looking for it. For example, I know my friend Zach here likes to look at the business from what's our mission statement? What's our vision? What's our core values? What are some of the competencies I need in my team? When you get somebody that comes through the door to apply for jobs like that, you need to make sure that you still understand what your vision statement, your mission statement, your core values, because that person has to meet those. You've got to hire somebody that's going to help drive those things for you. And so that's the first skill set is knowing what your business is, knowing what your values are, your core values, and not being willing to forfeit or deviate from that. So you need people that are going to come in and help do that. But then John touched on it earlier too. You've got to know what you legally can and cannot ask. And that doesn't differ by location or industry. There are really some absolute illegal things and some legal things that you can ask. There's some sketchy little, some things in the lines that 
I will tell you to just stay away from them. <laughs> they are gray. Stay away from them. So then you got to know those legal things. And then you've got to know how to ask. And we've talked about this before, those performance-based questioning. You've got to know how to ask that performance-based question and know how to listen for and get a performance-based answer. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. So you want to understand how they handled certain situations in the past, because that will definitely predict how they're going to handle them with you, like a difficult customer or whatever that's going to be. So that's some of the immediate skill sets. But then it doesn't stop there, because once you go through that process of hiring them, there is a lot to be said about that applicant experience, because they're checking you out just like you're checking them out. So you got to make sure that you're giving them a good experience during that process. And then if you do get to the point where we're going to move to offer and they're going to accept the offer, you have to have a good onboarding. Again, you got to make sure that's a good experience. You can't think we got them, honeymoon's over, now they just got to get to work. You've got to make sure that you've got a good onboarding. You're educating them about your company. You're educating them about the expectations of the role. You're giving them the tools and resources to do the job that you hired them to do. And then you continue to have engagement from that point forward because now you have to focus on retention. You got them in, now we got to retain them. So it's a never ending process, but similar to some of the stuff that Zach and I talked about back when things were crazy, sex, there's so much all at one time. And I'm like, okay, but you can't do it all at one time. You got to break it down. Let's start with step one and let's move our way through. Let's focus on the first thing and then we'll move to the next one and the next one. If you look at it all in totality, it is overwhelming. There's just so much I want to add on and talk, but I know uh, we're over here. I, I already see you looking up at the clock. I, I know. I'm like looking at the clock going, <laughs> and, man, and we ate an hour and a half and already. You, and we barely, oh. well, we chit-chatted a lot at the beginning, but the first two questions we've gotten in depth. But this I is know, good stuff. This, Am I really yeah. not doing my no, own? No, you're not. <laughs> no. And, and, and it's funny because cause I'm trying to keep it short real. John and I keep looking yeah, at each other yeah. like we want to jump in, we yeah. want to jump in, and we don't. And, and we're we, like, we also know it's tough. And God, I want to add one little point to that. And I think what's true, I have to because it's really important because I think it's a great question about skills and you touched on it a bit is you can't forget when you're sitting across the table and they're interviewing you just like you said and at least the type of employee or person you want to bring on board is doing that right a quality individual not somebody who's necessarily just desperate for a job or doesn't really care is doing it because their mom told them to or their dad told them to or doing it because they have to or whatever it may be. Condition of their parole. Or condition of, exactly, <laughs> for real. But it's more of you have to have a skill set and you have to be just as excited about what opportunity you can bring to them and then be able to sell your business and your company to them and do a good job of it. And I think if you start there and you can understand that and respect and go, hey, if I was sitting on the other side of the table, what would I want to hear from my potential employer that will motivate me, make me excited to one, want to work for this company. And then also you have to remember too, that people work for people. They don't work for companies. Okay. I make this very clear all and the they time. Quit people. They yes. Their leader. They don't Correct. You have two different perspectives. You can have a company, you can go walk into one building and a certain company that has a franchise or has multiple locations, or you can walk into a Best Buy or a Nike store or whatever you want to call it. And you go into that and then you can have people say, this is the greatest company in the world. We love it. Da Because morale is high. They treat customers right. Everything's running when you got wonderful raving reviews and a perception of that company. And then you go across the street over to another one or to to another city and then all of a sudden this is a piece of crap company i hate this people suck here i'm never going to shop here again you know what i mean they treat me like shit or whatever it may be 
But yet, what's the difference? At the top, it's the same thing, right? But it's the people that are running it that matter the most. So when you're sitting there and you're interviewing, you also need to make it, they got to feel comfortable and they want to work for you. And they're going to go and go, look, if this guy is a standoffish or is a prick or is coming off like this, you know, this is a job, be lucky if you have it or whatever, then you're not really going to attract the people that you want. And that's a hard lesson to learn. And it's a very expensive lesson to learn. So I think that's super important. So awesome stuff. Wait, before you go to the next yeah. question, I want to throw you out, throw okay. out a bit of caution there for a second. There is a point in time when you want to make sure that you're educating them on your company. What I don't want you to do is I don't want you to sit across from them and sell them until you know that you're going to make that offer and this is somebody you want. Because what ends up happening is you go in with a sales pitch of we're so great and you want to come work for us and here's why and here's what we have to offer. That gets lost in that actual interview of what are they bringing? Are they really what you're looking for? And a lot of times we use the terms, you know, especially during performance reviews and stuff, halo and horn effect. You think everybody's great or you think they're terrible. The same thing can happen when you're interviewing somebody. If you're interviewing somebody that you click with, like you get into a conversation with somebody about, oh, you're from Puerto Rico, because I'm using that because that's what he does a lot with people. <laughs> like you're from Puerto Rico. And oh my gosh, all of a sudden they're like best friends because they're talking about the towns in Puerto Rico and the people they knew or the, where they went to school and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden this seems like this is my new best friend. I love this guy. I'm totally going to hire him. Haven't asked him anything about his yeah. skill set and what he brings to the table, but I have connected on an emotional level with him and I love him and I'm going to hire him. And then shortly thereafter, I will be firing him because he's probably not the right guy because we focused on our emotional connection and I got bought into it. And that happens so easily. And there are people out there, by the way, that are super good at it that will come in and distract you and get you to hook on that connection and personality. And when they walk out and somebody comes in and says, so are they good at that and good at that? Gosh, we didn't get to that question. I don't know. We didn't get to that. So be careful about selling them and getting into that type of engagement until you've made an offer and they want to know more about you. And really what should happen is when they get to the question where they say, all right, we're done with the interview. Do you have any questions for me? Hopefully at that time, you can see that they've researched your company that they know a lot about you and the work that you do. And they're already on board because they've already done that research. But you'll know from the questions that they ask you if they've researched you. If they haven't cared enough to look at you and your company, that's a big sign right there. That's the guy that's just looking for a job and probably because he had a parole requirement <laughs> or whatever. But you need to make sure that they're just as invested in it as you are. If they say, no, I don't have any questions. Or if the question is, yeah, how much does it pay? Those kind of things, what you're dealing with, and it's time to move on, most likely. So just be careful not to get caught into those landmines. Now you can go to your question. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, great point. <laughs> I didn't want to pass that up. I, I was going to ask Janie a question. So she was saying the whole interview. So I passed her interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she hasn't fired me in 21 years. So I got to get, I'm good? Okay. I keep telling him he should marry me, and he just hasn't married me again. I think he should do it again. <laughs> And look, and another thing, too, in a good way, and this is hard, and it's hard to do, especially if you're an entrepreneur and if you're a small business owner and you're the only person doing it. But if at all possible, if you're able to have multiple interviews, that is key. And what we used to do, and I would make the hiring decision, but it's the third and final. By the time they get to me, they've already passed all these obstacles, right? And then we're sitting there, and then I'm talking, looking for things that they might have missed or yep. whatever. And Different then perspective. Ex awesome. And then you give the job offer, it's right? And then you always do the job offer, usually contingent upon whatever yeah, you background have checks. background checks drug testing whatever yeah. it may be that you're 
that you require, but that is a perfect point because yeah. sometimes you do get lost in that and some people are tricksters and they will do that. But we touched on it a little bit earlier, or you did, when you talked about technology. So how do you think technology changed the way companies have hired or hire people? One of the things that I like and don't like is that now you can submit your resume online or you can go online and hire, right? It used to be you come in, you have an application, they sit there and they fill out this paper application. I hate that I'm having to show my age. They fill out this paper application, you're looking at it, you make a decision if you're going to move them on to the interview process based on the paper application. Now you don't even see them until a computer gives you the green light that, yeah, that through these algorithms, they have the right words on the resume and it meets the requirement. I like that in one aspect because it helps speed it up, right? You're not going through 200 paper applications to get to the five that you want to talk to. But the other hand, and I've seen this happen a lot Unless somebody knows what right words to put on their resume for that right job, the algorithm will kick them out and you'll never see them. So you're missing really good talent. So a lot of times we have to change or broaden some of what we're looking for so that we can do some manual process and weed it out. I had a situation recently where one of my senior HR managers was recommending somebody and Obviously, you know, go apply online. And when the guy went and applied online, he got a rejection note. That's embarrassing because he was being recommended by a senior HR manager. And so we had to go back and have him send it directly to me, bypass that. And he was a really good candidate. We were missing out on good talent because he probably just didn't have the right words on his resume to meet that. Technology helps you in speeding that up, but you can't remove the human element 100% because you are missing out on some really good talent sometimes. That's part of the technology piece. Seems like the art of the resume is a lost art these days. (laughs) The art of the resume has become a very specific art. And if you're not skilled at doing a resume, which most people aren't, let's just be honest, they're really not. It's not going to get through as easily as it probably would have if there was a manual process. Just everyone out there, do me a favor and just capitalize your name. I don't know why. <laughs> but my dad's point, are you hiring them to teach English or are you hiring them to do full service? So, Leanne, I wanted to go back a little bit. And we were talking about in that process of making a great candidate experience. And this is something that, like at my stage, I'm working with. What would you say to add on to that? Like, how could we as small business owners with the stages that we're at and what we would be doing in the interview process, how would that look in providing that great experience? Some of it is really basic. And it's unfortunate how many companies or people don't stick with the basics. But the first thing is really communicating to that applicant, right? Whether it's I'm going to bring you in or I'm going to pre-screen you on the phone first and then I'm going to bring you in for an initial interview with me and then I'm going to give you a, there could be follow-up interviews with my business partner, whatever that is. Really establishing that communication of what they can expect and then following through on that, by the way. Or if you're saying, okay, we interviewed and we're going to call you in two weeks, don't call them in four weeks. Stick with what you're saying you're going to do. When you ask them to come in at, let's say, 10 a.m., Be ready to receive them at 10 a.m. 
You can't be, I'm the business owner, I'm so important, I'll get to you when I get to you. Because all of those things add to a poor applicant experience. If they think you're important enough that they're going to show up on time, then they need to know that you feel they're important enough to meet them on time. So there's some of those things. Even what you and I talked about before is, was you're going through that interview process, let them know what to expect. So welcome. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. We're going to go through a series of thought-provoking questions, take your time to think of the answers. And when we get towards the end, I'm going to give you plenty of time to ask me any questions that you may have of me, blah, blah, blah. You're just letting them know what to expect because by the way, most of them are probably nervous. So really put them at ease, offer them a bottle of water, whatever that's going to be, but you want them to have a good experience. So a lot of that is just being really honest, communicative, timely, all those things. And that's all the stuff. And I'm prime example. I've had to get to the point of kind of recognizing not to overpromise and underdeliver on like my responses because I get so busy and I get in a project and I've had to learn how to set the expectation just like even with just phone screenings. What I was doing is I was leading it into, okay, I'll follow up with you or I'll get back to you. And then I would start getting call after call and check in and I had to switch and be like, okay, so the process is if we would like to move forward with another interview, I will reach out to you and switch it. But I think that's something that I definitely need to improve on. And we're open for confession for Zach. So it's one of those things that if they're excited about joining your company, then if you say we're going to make a decision by Friday, if you haven't called them by Friday, they think you've moved on to somebody else and they'll go accept another job. So then when you come back on Wednesday and say, hey, we want to offer you a job, they're like, I'm sorry, I already accepted something else. So really make sure that you're sticking true to those timelines. Absolutely. Hey, I want to take a quick pause here because I want to come back through our feed here because we got a lot of comments over here. So let's see here. Todd's Pool Service. Great topic today. You guys are very helpful. Really appreciate that, Todd, out there. Matt is saying the energy is so good when you guys are together and the time just flies by. We appreciate that. Thanks. Appreciate that. Mr. Chris from Blu-ray is on listening. What's up, brother? You've been traveling all over the place. I don't know if you've been watching his Instagram page, but it's like all over the place. New York, Atlantic City, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. He's been definitely all over the place. And then Mr. Breakfield, so hard to hire 10 to keep one. And uh, hiring the wrong nine. Yeah. So big shout out to you, Jay. We're looking forward to coming and hanging out with you tomorrow afternoon at the opening. I was going to say, Jay's in the neighborhood. Jay, just come on up to Prosper. Let's take a couple hours. We'll sit down. I'll get well, you Jay, Jay, and ready to He's going to be at the class, right? Jay's going to be at the class then, for um, sure. Yeah. And take Leanne up on that, Jay. Uh, I was <laughs> just going to say, if for Leanne, it's if she offers, right? I don't push her. <laughs> so when she makes the offer, it's cool. So. It's only to the close ones. Uh, the other thing, your wife is very impressive lady, Edgar. You're extremely lucky. Yes. Who so, is that? Wow, Shout that's, out to them. That's our boy Matt from Ohio. Wow. Out Shout there. out, Matt. Let's see here. And then Jay Breakfield has a question, and I'm actually going to let you read it because I don't even know what that is. Do you know what that is right there? So all the way down here at the end. Can I see Enneagrams. that far? What is it? Enneagrams. Enneagrams during hiring process. I don't actually know what that is either. What's an Enneagram? A personality test kind of thing. Oh, thank you, Spider. I'm so glad we brought you because we call them personality tests. We're not that fancy. So, you know, it's funny. Those things have come and gone over time. So they were like the latest, greatest shiny tool toy back in the day. 
And then everybody was able to pick them apart and they became really centered in litigation because they were not designed to focus out on like an underrepresented group, but it tended to weed out underrepresented groups. And it just turned out to not be a really good tool if they weren't done well. Now, when you get up into the executive levels, there are companies that just crush that. They do fantastic jobs on doing these type of personality kind of tests, but they're not used normally anymore for do we hire you or not? It's really more used to say, you're really good at executive decision-making and you're really good at this and you struggle in this area. So that lets you know when we hire you, you're going to be great at these things. And there's some areas that we're going to probably need to help develop further, but they're not usually used as a tool to say, yes, we hire or no, we hire. They're done normally as a compliment to once we hire you, here's some things that we know you're going to bring to the table. And here's some things that we're going to have to help you work on. So that's a great question. But those are usually, especially in my industry now, we use those more at the higher executive level just to help us as a complementary tool to, you know, their development. So what are some of the common mistakes that employers can make and how can they be avoided? In the hiring process? In the hiring process. So similar to what we talked about, I just think that you're awesome in our conversation, so I'm going to hire you without actually getting down to the skill sets, right? That's a really common mistake. A lot of times, especially we saw this a lot during the Great Resignation, but it's not that uncommon. People do this all the time, despite the unemployment rates. Leaders or business owners, whatever it is, they like to just hire that warm body and they think that warm body is better than anything, which is wrong. It's not. You're better off having a vacancy than you are just having a warm body. Some of those mistakes are they'll overlook or make exceptions for things that they know during that interview process were red flags or probably shouldn't have been accepted. And then they end up terminating for something similar to it anyway. So those things that if you have apprehensions during the interview process, they typically come true after you've hired them. <laughs> Zach's sitting there violently shaking his head yes. So that's some of the mistakes is they convince themselves, oh, that's okay, we can overlook that, or that won't be that big of a deal, or they'll be okay. And if you feel it in the interview that you know that's not a good fit, then go with your gut, it's not a good fit. And so a lot of people like to make exceptions and twist what they're looking for to fit the person. And I always tell everybody, don't make the job fit the person. You want that person to fit the job. That's why when you're hiring somebody, you better know what that job description is that you're hiring them in for. And then know what requirements you're looking for. So if it's customer service skills or their ability to work outside and all the physical things that come along with being a pool. I think it's a lot of what you said too earlier. Like we tend to think that we're going to be different than everyone else and we're somehow going to like, yeah, they're going <laughs> to like us and they're going to want to be here. And that was me. Like I thought I could work with everyone and it's not true at all. So it's just like that in a relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, go back to your dating days. You make exceptions for, oh yeah, I can overlook that. I can overlook that. That's probably why you broke up because that thing came back to just annoy you. The same thing happens in business. If they don't bring everything that you need at the table, the thing that they don't have is what's going to drive you crazy and you're going to end up terminating. I think the biggest thing I learned too is my original interview was purely a sales pitch. 
Like I would literally just be like, hey, this is about us. Here's our history. Here's how we got there, yada, yada, yada. And I'd be like, so what do you think? You want to come on board? <laughs> <laughs> how, how many people right? said, oh, heck no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not many. And I rem- They're all like, yes, that yeah, sounds love fabulous. It. And I remember Leslie, when I was trying to switch to the questioning, she was like, no, I really like the way you're doing it. I'm like, this isn't working. And I think that right there, just having prepared, thought out questions is extremely important. I've talked to several people and they had their struggles with hiring. And I'm like, so just walk me through your interview. Oh my God, you've turned into Leanne. I know. And it's weird. I'm starting (laughs) to like it. I told you you would. I said, it's like a muscle. You build that muscle and all of a sudden it's it's second nature. Yeah, I'm turning into a sicko. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) what made you realize or what made you think that you were doing something wrong with that hiring process and made you think to change that? Actually, it was someone that came to work for us that had some experience in HR and they were like, no, we need to ask questions. And I'd never even considered it. I'd never been exposed to hiring. I didn't have previous careers with it. I didn't know what I was doing. And they came up with some real simple questions. I think our first interview was like 10 questions or something like that. It has since evolved drastically, (laughs) but I don't know how many people I talk to and they're like, well, I just kind of have a phone call, talk about the job, and they're doing the same thing that I was doing and it's not effective at all. You talked about the job description and we've been through this (laughs) and I've had probably 10 different versions, long, short, thought out, sales pitches and all of that. And I'm still trying to figure that out. But can you talk a little bit about crafting a job description that attracts the right candidates? Yeah. So first, let's talk about the necessities of a job description. So you need to have what I call primary and secondary skills. So the primary skills are those things that they have to come already equipped with. So let's say they're going to be installing pool equipment and you want them to have this many years experience and they have to have had work on this different types of equipment. And those are those primary skills that you're saying you have to come in armed with these. The secondary skills are the ones that you're willing to teach, whether it's a computer program or whatever that is. That's what you're willing to teach. And then the third piece of it is the physical requirements of the job, because if you get somebody to come in and they, you go through the interview process and they are fantastic and you're ready to hire them and then you go to make an offer and they go, oh, and by the way, I can only lift up to 10 pounds. I can only stand for 20 minutes at a time in the day. It's the physical requirements of the jobbers that you're walking all day and you're lifting 50 pounds or whatever that is. So if you have the primary skills, the secondary skills and the physical abilities, that's the actual job description. That's what they have to be able to do with or without a reasonable accommodation. That's a whole nother session. And then when you write that job description, that's the basics. That's not typically what the applicant sees at that point that you're hiring, that you're recruiting them. The recruiting piece of it is you're taking a snippet out of that for Indeed or where you're advertising locally. You're just going to take a snippet out of that about whether it's a pool tech or whatever it is. You're going to take a snippet. Once you hire them, you give them that job description. and You say, can you do this with or without reasonable accommodation? So that's two different things. So during the interview process, present them with that job description? When you go to make an offer. Got it. (laughs) And it's so important, right? Because when it comes down to holding people accountable, especially when it comes down to performance, if you don't lay out those clear job expectations, you're going to be in a world of hurt. When you set yourself up in a position, it's like what we talked about on the live. When you're talking to clients and why it's so important, why we do terms of service and say, hey, look, here it is. We spoke about this, right? Let's not go back and say, oh, you never said that. You never did that. 
Is it really worth the paper it's written on? Legally, who knows, especially in California. All it means to me is that, hey, look, we have a clear understanding of what our charges are, what we expect from you, what you can expect from us, and there's no misunderstanding at the end of the day. So we can never go back and say, you never said this, never did that. So when it comes down to holding my customers accountable or holding our employees accountable, because we all know it's much harder to fire somebody over performance than it is for some other things, right? Let's just be even more honest. Is it even fair? Are we setting our employees up for failure? By not giving them that and letting them know what it is, it's not. We're expectation. It is. Yeah. So it's, dude, we never even talked about that. He didn't tell me I have to sumo a, a refrigerator <laughs> on my back every other week. Filter. I didn't know yeah. that. I can't. I'm sorry I had surgery in my arm and there's no way I can do that. Or my knee, right? My I, knee, my knee. <laughs> Edgar's knee. Yeah, I got to scrape on my knee and I'll never be able to lift over four pounds. I could never squat again. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important that, that, that you do is. that for sure. Hey, big shout out to our friend Abby, Pool Girl of the Year. And nice. She's listening. And I said, how are you doing, Abby? I am doing great. How are things? Busy, I'm sure. We're busy. We're going to be doing a couple podcasts this week, but I'm sure things have been busy for you guys. Are we going to have to do a couple extra, another commercial, like an extra commercial? So here's the beautiful thing. So Spider came out. That's why having Spider so freaking awesome. Spider came out and said, hey, there's nobody in the studio after us. So if you guys want to go a little bit longer. So, of course, I sent a message to John, and he's like, of course we're going longer. Yeah. We stuff. love Spider for so many reasons. That's just I one know. of them. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, everybody listening, we're going to take another break, but it's not for final words. No. We have a whole bunch of other questions that we're going to ask. So, this podcast is going to be a little bit different. Normally, we do the second one, and we go to final thoughts. Nope, you're wrong. We're going to go back, Leanne, with some more questions. I think we got, what, like six I or love seven it. questions? Yeah. I'm in. All right. All right. So, we'll be right back. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. 
Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. <laughs> We're here with Leanne De Jesus answering questions about hiring and recruiting. Nice job. And you laughed at him. Look, he showed all of his courage and that he did was, it. No, that Good was great, job. But I totally did not have the camera on you. <laughs> 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 he was expecting me to do it. Yeah. So that's why I'm looking down here. Right, at the redo, thing. redo. I'm looking over here and you're talking and he's looking at me on the camera. Right <laughs> that's why I was looking at this. Anyways, welcome back, everybody. Hey, really quick. What time are you guys on tomorrow? Tomorrow we are on at 11 a.m. Central. Central time. So, Matt, I don't know if you're in East coast that's going to be 12 o'clock your time we will be streaming and then anyways todd's out there he's going a lot to absorb tonight a lot of information on there and then Janie, our kind of audience here. Studio right. audience. Studio live audience. in the studio Ooh, audience. Uh, this is a live studio yes. podcast, right? Yeah. Live, live it's like audience. The, how the sitcom do. Yeah, they yeah. still they do still them like do that. Them like oh, that. yeah. Yeah. There's, there you there, go. Track. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. Yes. Love spider. Anyways, so welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with the hiring process. And so, Leon, let me ask you, in today's day and age, how important is a candidate's social media presence in the hiring process? So my gut reaction is it's important to stay away from it. So I don't recommend that you go out and look at somebody's social media. I think that there's a lot of possibility to get yourself into some legal trouble if you're using information that the applicant didn't make known to you. Some people have a different thought process or like, well, if it's public, go ahead and use it. But again, I don't recommend it. I think that the interview process, if done right, is a solid process and you should get through the interview process. Now, it doesn't stop at the interview process. Hopefully, 
most people are running at least a background check on some of their applicants. And by the way, that used to be a really expensive endeavor. It's not that expensive anymore. But if you're going through the right interview process and you do a background check, then what's on their social media should be irrelevant. And I actually encourage people don't even get tempted to go peek at it because you could see things in there that might sway your hiring and they might not be legal things that should sway your hiring. Again, when we look at the legal questions and the non-legal questions, what if you check somebody's social media and that they're a different religion or maybe they're homosexual or maybe they're this, maybe they're that? What does it matter? Or politics, especially politics. nowadays, right? It's a gray area that what, you're talking about. It's a about. gray area. It's not something that's legal either way, but there are things in there that you can see in somebody's social media that might make you make a decision for illegal reasons. I don't advocate for it at all. I just say, stay away from it. Use your skills as an interviewer. And then if you have the ability, run criminal background checks, because that's really what you want to know. You want to know how they've responded to things in their past and making sure that they're not bringing big, crazy felonies to the workplace. But that's what I would recommend. Or that they were honest about them too, right? Because on a lot of applications, especially in California, there's fine lines in what you do, but it doesn't mean that just because somebody did something in the past makes them a terrible candidate. If anything, it could turn out to be your best because they've learned, they've experienced, they've grown. But again, it's important to know. And a lot of times you'll check that honesty, right? So if the application says they've ever been convicted of felony and they say no, and then you do a background and they've got three of them on there, then you don't hire them because they they, lied to you. Yeah, they falsified the records or whatever you do. Or it could be a felony that could jeopardize your business. So, you know, if it's drunk driving and they're driving your vehicles, that's a problem. If it's burglary and they've got access to the customer's backyard, that's a problem. If it's things that are relevant to the business and their ability to do the business, you'd steer clear of it. If it's not relevant at all, then you can make that decision to hire. So I'd say stay away from, that's a long answer to stay away from the social media. It it is. And even it's even tougher too. And sometimes like in California, you know, they'll have like questions like within the last seven years, right? And then if you're doing, depending on where you're getting this background check, sometimes that background check might not be. And then you're getting information pulled up from 10 years ago. There's a lot of things that... That can still happen. Yeah. Oh, it does. So what we do when we've gotten information, let's say it's 10 years old, a lot of times it's because their probation lasted longer. So you're still extends your time to be able to see it. But oftentimes we'll say... But it still was so long ago that we'll make that decision, even though we're legally able to use that if we wanted to, we'll make the decision that was so long ago and there's been nothing since then, we'll make that decision to to hire. So yeah, it can happen either way. But yeah, I would say stay away from it. So next question, what are the most effective channels for sourcing candidates? Most effective? A lot of times what we're finding now, and I don't want to advertise for any recruiting channel out there. But what happens now is that when you recruit with one avenue, they have these branches where actually they send that posting to several others. Those are the types that you want to get onto. For example, if you post on Indeed, it goes to a bunch of job boards that Some of them you probably haven't heard of, but it goes to a lot of places. So it's nice because your job opening isn't being seen in one area. It's going to be seen on a lot of different areas. But what I would say is look at what you're trying to hire and where you're hiring and what you're looking for, because there's so many different places to get good applicants. There's 
even trade schools, especially when you're wanting somebody that's going to do equipment repairs or whatever, going to a local trade school, building a relationship with the people there, they'll let you put up your job postings there, or they'll refer you to some of their best students or whatever. Some of that is just all relationship. So if you're going to do job postings, yeah, some of those boards like Indeed will reach out. But don't restrict yourself to just that. Look what's in your area and what you're looking for and see what other areas you can tap into. What I what I like to do, and if at all possible, especially if you're in a position as a small business owner, you have to look at the world differently, especially when you have employees. And what we did was the best place to find talent is in their natural work environment, right? If you're able to go out and see people, next time you go out to a restaurant, look at the way the waitress or the waiter is taking care of you or the customer service rep that's doing, or if you're going to a warehouse, the person that went and got your went and got the 15 bags of cement that you ordered, how they interacted with you, how they treated you. And at those times, we found our best employees when we just said, hey, drop the business card and say, hey, look, I love the experience. You seem if you're ever looking for a job or an opportunity, have you thought of the pool industry or have you thought of retail or whatever? Please, here's my card. Let me know. And then that's where you get the real, real person, right? Because everybody comes to, puts their stuff on Indeed or submits an application, or comes to the table to do an interview with you. It's a show. It's like the first date. When you go and you're meeting somebody for the first time, everybody's on there like perfect, and they want to make sure, and they're more concerned about them doing the things that they think you want them to do instead of them being who they really are. And that's why it's important as an interviewer to be able to ask certain questions that break down that guard, right, that kind of get them into you know, revealing who they really are. And that's why those questions are really important. And the the whole purpose of that interview, it's a game. It really is. So if you're able to find somebody or see somebody, you know, out in the wild, carry your business cards, talk to them, do it, have a conversation with them and then offer them something. There's nothing wrong with that. So those are like grassroots recruiting. So back when I was in the hotel industry, we had our regular business cards Now, again, technology, a lot of people are using electric business cards, right, through their smartphones. But we used to have our regular business cards. And on the back, we had printed something to the effect of, you look like you'd be a great fit for our business, you know, and we'd sign our name on there or put our or see me on this day or whatever, because our business information is on one side, but then the other side says, you look like you'd be a great fit for our business or whatever. We had all kinds of catchy phrases. Again, we were in the customer service industry. So when you are out doing that and you're finding great servers, which we had a huge food and beverage portion and things like that, you catch them doing really good work and then they feel very complimented that you just caught them doing really good work. And we used to meet with leaders all the time and would say, okay, who in the room is a recruiter? And they're all waiting for HR to raise their hand, right? And it's like, no, you're all recruiters. You all work for the company. You should be looking for talent everywhere that you go. And they should. And so that's a great grassroots kind of example. I'm totally making cards with that on the back. I'm telling you. It's serious. We'll get you some good catchphrases because there's some really good stuff, but they're complimented from it. And then they come in and they're interested because you showed an interest in them first. Oh, for sure. And then it even, the one thing about most employees too, is they feel like their boss or their manager doesn't appreciate them sometimes, or maybe doesn't see or doesn't compliment them. And they're already seeing that right off the bat. That's very attractive to an employee, right? Especially somebody who works hard and does well and to be noticed. And sometimes there's star employees and you'll probably never get them or they love what they do and it is what it is. But sometimes you'll strike a chord and you'll hit a home run. And I hired some of the best employees I ever had 
from just how they served me at a restaurant. I was like, oh my God, this person's amazing. I have a senior HR manager right now that works for me and I'll fly to the city where one of our buildings is and we'll meet up at one of the hotels or casinos or whatever for dinner or whatever. And I can't find him anywhere. And it's usually because he's interviewing somebody at the front desk, not interviewing them. He's just standing there talking, going, so what do you like about your job here? What do they do? And some of it's just he likes to collect that information, but he also likes to find people that are good or that maybe not too happy where they're at. And he's recruiting. He has his recruiting hat on 24 seven. And I joke with him about it. I'm like, I never know where I'm going to find you. You're, we're supposed to meet here and I can't find you. But then you're over there talking to the bartender. You're doing this. And it's never regular conversation. He's always asking about where they work and what they like, what makes them happy and what does the company do well. And some of that is so he can make improvements in our company, which I love that. But then some of it is he's full on recruiting 24-7. I don't care where we're at. Stop and get gas. You're going to talk to somebody. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Zach's uh, an introvert. He's like, I yeah. can't do that. <laughs> I'm, not gonna gonna talk, like I'm not talking to everybody. He's going to be like the ones in Vegas, you know, where they go, when they flip the card. Right? He's, gonna, he's not going to talk. He's just going to flick the cards and hand it to him there you as go. they walk by. Take that. <laughs> get him by the way, just to let you know, I'm using that clip. I'm watching over there in the screen. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you don't about, talk. They don't do it as much anymore. No, but no, I remember because they I, can't do it anymore. Dude, they, they banned it. I remember yeah. first going to Vegas, and I was like, everything was just click, click. They were the everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. John had a collection. <laughs> I have. I still have the album, right, man? <laughs> Last time he's like, Edgar, this one's 1983. Oh, it's circa, mint. Yeah. It's mint. Look, the corners are the first time they ever put it on glossy paper. My family. Show. Okay, I got this. <laughs> Poor, Zach. Poor Zach. Now he can't. It's right like, I'm sure I had a question. I lost yeah. it. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> He's like, I used to trade those back in my day. And yeah. we didn't use baseball cards. We used the Vegas cards. He said, That was my first job. <laughs> I was like eight when that was going on. <laughs> We'll explain to you later what the real Pikachu was. <laughs> What I do want to ask, Lan, is we constantly talk about professionalism, branding, things like that. How important is employer branding in attracting top talent? So it's really important. I think top talent wants to know that they're going someplace that has meaning, that has purpose, and your brand has a lot to do with that. And so they need to understand what your brand is about. They need to understand, again, what's really building up and holding up your brand, whether that's core values or whatever that is. And it's funny because... This is something that a lot of people miss. I think you do this well in your company, but a lot of people miss this. You hire somebody to come and work for your company and life is great. You forget that they are proud of that brand and they want merch from your brand. And we forget that, right? And so I just got some jackets for my folks not too long ago. And now everybody that sees them in these jackets are like, where did you guys get these jackets? And they're so proud to have these jackets and they're so excited about them. T-shirts, polos, whatever, hats, whatever it is. They got hired onto this brand. They're excited. They want to work for you. They want to work with you. And now let them show off the brand by giving them those things, right? Because you're doing a employee of the quarter thing and they get a certificate and they get whatever you're going to give them. Along with that comes a t-shirt or a hat or whatever. And that stuff's not expensive, but that associate engagement and driving your brand. And then by the way, they're out wearing your brand 
and other people are seeing it, you know it. And then they'll say things like if I walk through an airport with one of my jackets on, I can never not get asked about, hey, what do you do there? And I have a store over here and I do this. And I, they talk about our brand. I always hear legacy stories about how their grandma used to shop with us and this happened and that happened. And it's, they're so proud and they don't even work for me. And they're proud about this brand. So your brand has a lot to do with you, has a lot to do with your associates. And if you underestimate the power of an associate sporting your brand or how much they want it, they want to be part of something great. And they came to you for a reason. So make sure that you continue to fuel that. So this was crazy during the great resignation. (laughs) It was almost like throwing darts in the dark. So stay away from that strategy. That's not a strategy. That's a hope and a prayer. I think there's two different schools of thought. So first, when you're looking at an hourly role, there's so much that hourly role is worth period, dot, end of story. It's worth this much, right? That got stretched during the great resignation because that bar got moved quite a bit, but we still knew it was worth this much. So even if the whole country was moving the bar and now that job became worth $5 more than it was before, it's still only worth that much. So you know what that is. So you usually will have a range of a minimum, a mid, and a max of your salary ranges, and you need to stay within that. Stop trying to talk yourself out of it because you like this candidate and say, gosh, you know what? I really want them. And they need, let's say the job is $15, but they need 20. I'm going to give them 20. So that messes with the rest of your workforce. You can't do that. So this job is worth this much. So look at how much experience they have and look at your range and figure out where in that range they should be. So if they've got five plus years experience doing that job, they should be at the midpoint or a little bit above it. And don't talk yourself out of it. This is what the job is worth, okay? When you're talking about exempt roles, like leadership roles, you still have a minimum, a mid, and a max, but you have a little bit more flexibility to play within those ranges based on what they bring because you can pay people more money for different things, whether it's they get paid more because they have an education, they get paid more because they speak another language, they get paid more because they have whatever technical skill that you've been looking for and can't find anywhere, whatever that is. So you've got a little bit more flexibility with it, but there's still that range. So understand what you think that job is worth. And then when you're sitting down and you're ready to make an offer, know why you're offering what you're offering and know what that entails. Does it entail any type of bonus? Does it entail any type of incentive? Does it entail transportation, use of the company car or whatever that is? What comes with that offer And so know what that is. Oftentimes you'll have applicants that will say, great, I'll take it. Or you'll have some that go, I thought it might pay a little bit more. I'm really looking for this much. Now, if that's in line with probably what they were recently making and it's a little bump above and it's in your range and that their skill set meets that, then okay, fine, you can do that. But if it doesn't, know that you can't do it and be transparent about it because you don't want to, first of all, you don't want to pay more for the job than what it's worth. And you also don't want to overpay for this applicant and cause compression among the rest of your workforce, right? Because then that gets expensive because now you got five people making way more than they're supposed to. You got 20 that aren't making enough. Raising that 20 is going to cost you more than it would have to hire the five at the right range. Hopefully that answers your question, but it starts with really knowing what you're going to pay for that job and what that person is bringing to the table so that you can have that good conversation, very transparent conversation. 
Which ties into knowing what your expectations are for the job. Absolutely. To take it even further, too, especially as a when you're a small business owner, you probably don't have many positions available and there's not much room for growth, right? So how do a technician that you bring on or you bring on an employee? Usually every year, hopefully you're doing reviews, 90-day reviews, one-year reviews, annual reviews, going over strength, weaknesses, things they did well, things you want to see them improve on, whatever it may be. And then also, too, there should also be compensation for it, too, right? Because every year, just like we expect and we preach and we say, hey, look, we need an annual raise as a company to our clients because our costs go up, cost of living goes up, inflation, all that. The dollar is not worth the same amount that it was the previous year. So in essence, we're giving you a discount by not increasing your rate this year. Same thing with your employees too. And if you've capped them out and you're already stretched out and there's what room for growth is there and how do you incentivize them other than putting yourself in more trouble? And a lot of times you get to a point where somebody's been with you a long time, there's no more growth opportunity. Yeah. And got, you got to be upfront and honest. They, they've done what they can. So you don't want to lose them. How do you figure out how to keep them engaged? Can you offer them, again, great education opportunities like you guys are offering, right? That's not a normal thing that's allowed. So, you know, sending your guys to a boot camp, that doesn't pay them more, but it gives them more skill and you're investing in them. So that's part of what they look for as well. Or giving them other stretch opportunities. Again, that whole learning experience and showing them maybe now in the next review, they want to learn how to manage the finances or how to do sales or how to do whatever it is. So that's just that engagement. Their job may not grow more, but their skill set and their knowledge can. So you can work through some of that too, because you want to salvage those good employees. And hopefully as a business owner, you want to grow too, right? In those positions. And then it'll be a natural transition into that position. And you can come up with a career path and a plan with them and have a candid conversation and be honest with them. They will appreciate it. Don't ignore it. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. If you have that conversation with them and let them know this is where we're at and this is where I see us and this is the future and this is what I'm planning on doing. And I'm hoping that you'll help me get there when this is what we need to do to whatever bring them in together and then if all goes well and you have a great employee you're already on adding employees right you're already looking to grow the natural progression is you're going to be growing more and you're going to get in a position financially that these other positions are going to open up and you have now that perfect employee well look at the loyalty that you just oh, for sure. you've just created yeah, like the sure. loyalty is incredible so again they're not quitting the company <laughs> they're quitting the person if you're doing that putting in the work to them it's going to pay off How has remote work affected the recruitment process? Oh, it's been painful. (laughs) I'd be lying if I said anything else. It's been painful. Personal story first. When we got kicked out of our corporate office during the pandemic, I wish Edgar's going to hold back and not jump in here. We got kicked out of the corporate office and we got, (laughs) I had to go home. And I said, okay, I'll set up in the dining room. Edgar was nice. He said, no, take the office because that was his office, right? It's been three years. I think how long has it been? So he often says, that's your office now, right? I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. So he rubs it in. But I hated it. I hated being in a home office because I used to be in a big corporate office, people running everywhere. It was, that works for me. And I'm not a claustrophobic person, but I felt very claustrophobic. 
to the point where I'd open up the big blinds because I needed like the bigger window to look bigger because it just, I couldn't stand it. And then when the pandemic started to slow down and we were able to go back in a little bit and then I was able to travel to some of my buildings and then our company made the decision that we really don't have to go back. We can be hybrid. By that point, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go back full time. I like this thing that I have because I have the best of all these worlds. I get to work from home when I want to. I get to go to my buildings when I want to. I get to go into the home office when I want to. And that is like a crazy position to be in because first of all, I never thought I wanted it. Now that I've had it, I love it and I can't get rid of it. And that's what happened to people. They got into working from home roles and then that became their normal. And then they didn't want to go back into the workplace. Our recruiters now are struggling with getting people to take an on-site role. And now they're trying to come back to us and negotiate. What if I do this much on-site and this much off-site? All of my roles that I have in my buildings are on-site regardless. They can't be remote. So we struggle with that. And it's one of those things that it's not that you're going to offer them something different that's going to make them want to come out of their home. You have to find the people that don't want to be in their home. You have to find the people that want to be out and be around other people. I got fortunate. I get the mix of all that. But that's not as common, right? So they're either hybrid, they're in the workplace, or they're at home. So I would say, don't try to make different guidelines and rules to help them get comfortable with being part in and part out. Find the right person that wants to be in the workplace that fits the needs for your business. Because when you start making those exceptions, it's still not going to work. I would love to see the person that can clean a swimming pool pool. from their home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. But I'm going to say just stick it out and keep looking because they are starting to come back more. There's big companies that have made everybody go back into office. So remember, the trends are changing. So this I need to be remote 24-7 trend is slowly starting to change too. And it will get back to what would be a new normal. It's not going to go back the way it was, but it'll go back to a new normal. And it won't be as hard to find people to come under the workplace. And it's already getting better. But I'd say don't compromise. Get those people that want to be in the workplace because that's what's going to work for you. And I think you have two arguments to that side. So you have the people that say, hey, we want to be remote. That's all we want to do and stuff like that. In other situations, the thought process is, You get somebody fresh out of college, you get somebody trying to learn whatever industry you're in and stuff like that. How do you train somebody if they're working just remote? How do you put them in those scenarios and those meeting war rooms when you're trying to solve big problems and stuff like that? And unless they're in that in office situation, it's going to be very hard for them to get the experience. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, it's one of those things that you have to look at. Again, what does your business require? And don't deviate. Now I'm going to ask that you pull out the crystal ball. Okay, I got it. I'm ready. Because my next question is, what are the upcoming trends in recruitment that we should be aware of? Ah, Upcoming trends in recruitment. First, right now, unemployment is still really low. So again, most people are in a position that they pretty much want to be in. The wages have settled down. So there's not that wage war piece anymore that people are gravitating to. I think what's happening now, what we're seeing is people are starting to try to find their home base that they want to be in. But you have to offer them what 
is going to be beneficial for them too, right? So they're still being somewhat selective on where they're going, but it's not because it's driven by money. It's driven by more them finding value and worth than the work that they're doing. So a lot of those recruiting trends are following that as well. So a lot of times we'll hear people say, I didn't have a good application. I didn't have a good experience as an applicant. I'm going to move on. Or I didn't really understand what value I was going to bring to the company. And I really got a different feel from this other company. I'm going to move on. So some of the things that you hear people saying now are telling you what that trend is. And it's that I'm going to settle with a company for a good amount of time now. I'm not going to job hop, but I need to find the value that I'm going to bring to the company. I need to feel important and valued there but I need to know what you're going to do for me too. And it doesn't mean money. It means how are you going to engage me? How are you going to grow me and develop me? How are you going to help me have an impact? Most people want to have a really good impact on the company they work for. That's so much pride in that, right? Like they want to go home and feel good about what they did all day. And we have to offer that. So I think that's going to be some of those recruiting trends is we have to be able to respond to some of those needs in that recruiting and in that interviewing process and in that ultimately that hiring process. That makes sense. Absolutely. Ladies, gentlemen, it's been two hours. Oh. <laughs> in 25 minutes. In 20 no. minutes. That, that's the time, my friend. Oh. <laughs> that's how tired he is. It's 925. And he's like, I should have been in bed about three hours ago. <laughs> so everybody, you know, today we threw a little curveball, obviously, because we're in studio and we took our two breaks already. So normally we take a break and we get our final thoughts, but you know what? I think it's time to take our final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Zach, final thoughts. Yeah, this stuff is all very important. And not everyone wants to scale. Not everyone wants to grow. But this is, like John says, it's people. And I think the class coming up, whether you're scaling, growing or not, I think you should attend it. You're going to learn something from it for sure. This is so interesting to me because we're scale. That's what we're trying to do. We want to scale. And we've been on this constant, the entire time we've been going through this for the last few years, it's felt like the biggest mental boxing match that I've ever been in. And I've been... (laughs) That's a great description. (laughs) Yeah, knocked down over and over, but I'm starting to get in my groove and figure out my form. But this is just pure gold. And it all ties together with the branding, the professionalism. It's more important than ever that, like you said, people want to feel how they can bring value, but if there's no path, if there's no mission, if there's no core values, if you don't have a brand and a brand identity or a bigger purpose outside of like cleaning a pool, making money, cleaning a pool, making money, then how are you going to get people to buy into that and ultimately want to stay there and fight with you for that? So to me, I think that's all very important. And when I'm talking to people and I'm having these conversations, they're skipping a lot of steps. And I get it because I've been doing this 12, 13 years now and figuring this out. And there were many years where we didn't have core values, we didn't have paths, we didn't understand all that. But I think people need to really sit down, and we talk about it all the time, and figure out what are you doing this for, what's the big vision, and then try to work backwards and fill in those pieces so that when you're ready to start bringing people on, you have something for them to find value in and want to be a part of. And for us, it's difficult, right? Because you have people, and John jokes around and calls it scrub and tubs, right? But we're doing the same thing over and over again every day. So how do you motivate somebody to want to be part of that machine, right? To part, to want to show up to work every day. And if you don't create the culture, if you don't hire the right people and you don't work on that well-oiled machine, man, you're just going to have holes in every aspect that you're doing and you're just going to be in that vicious cycle with staff. 
It's funny because we've got people in our warehouses that have been moving boxes, just boxes for 40 years. That's what they love to do. And when you ask them why they stay, they will cite to you. I love the culture. It's like a family here. I'll never leave here. And what we're doing keeps them there. And they're moving boxes for 40 years. It's crazy. Isn't that amazing? It is. Mr. Flawless. Final thoughts? Should we do final thoughts? You want do we have enough time? Oh, now, now we got plenty of time. So, <laughs> no, so John, kidding. final thoughts, you have 31 minutes. I'll Never keep waited. it short. I'll keep it to 30 minutes. No, <laughs> look, you don't hear me very often really stress on certain things when it comes to like products and things and stuff like that. But on occasion, you'll hear me over and over again try to beat this into your guys' heads. This is one of the things when it comes down to understanding people, hiring, influencing these types of courses, business, understanding your financials, your numbers. I can't stress enough how important understanding or having knowledge in this or developing a skill set in this area of your business, regardless of whether you think it is or not, or in your net position, this is something that you need to be able to not and ultimately be nice to be able to master, but not everybody really does. And there's few people in this world that do it for a living. And Leanne is one of them. We have to remember that here in our industry, we talk about reaching out, networking, and, and talking to other pool pros. The chances are, when it comes down to hiring and firing people, if you don't know how to wire a pump, or if you don't know how to wire automation, you have a question of troubleshooting about a heater and stuff, it's okay to you have a network, you can reach out to another pool pro that has an understanding, the ability of it, and you can reach out and get that information, and now you understand it. But when it comes down to hiring and firing people and understanding culture and morale, that is a little bit it's few and far between, right? And there aren't many... HR experts in our industry that we know that we can talk to on a day-to-day -day basis. So this is something that you need to be able to develop that is so unbelievably important, regardless of whether or not you think it is at this moment or at this part of your journey, that if you don't take this opportunity, to be honest, it's shame on you, right? This is something you really need to do. So if you have the means, and we know it's hard to be able to leave your family, to leave your work, but I promise you, if you guys come out and take this course, no pressure on you, Leanne, but I know how great <laughs> it's going to be, right? And the other courses that are there, this is something that you guys are going to be able to take and be able to build on so that you can create a better business for yourself and more importantly, foster an environment where employees do want to work and do want to be there so you can lower turnover and you can retain your employees and you can create a positive work environment to where you're happy and you can eliminate so many headaches, right, as a business owner. When you have employees, you're usually putting out fires and you have to deal with people aside from your clients, but when you deal with your internal customers, if you can alleviate or get rid of a majority of the issues simply because you made the right hiring decision at the beginning, it's hard to explain, but it can make your life so much easier and at least your job so much more enjoyable. So get your tickets, go to poolnation.com, sign up for the boot camp. We'll see you out in Texas March what? First and second, baby. March 1st and 2nd, and learn about hiring and firing and doing whatever you need to do yeah, about people. Leanne will be there. They'll be able to ask Leanne some questions. Come over and talk to her out there. Mr. Spider, final thoughts? It was nice to have you guys in here again after a couple months, but I'm ready to go home. With that said, everybody, I do want to give a special shout out out here to my boy, Todd. He stayed on for two, all two hours and 10 minutes. So Todd, big shout out to you. Todd's pool service out there. 
We will catch you guys tomorrow morning. Holy crap. We got to turn around and come back here in the morning. We'll be here at 11 a.m. Everybody have a great night. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. 